0: Let's turn on our Bibles to the book of Proverbs, chapter 10. Sunday morning, we're in a series, a topical series through the book of, uh, of Proverbs. Just a reminder, uh, if, you're not, uh, if you're here today and you're without a Bible, just flag one of these guys coming up the aisle right now with Bibles, and uh, they've marked it right to the passage we'll be studying tonight, uh, this morning. And uh, uh, if you don't own a Bible, make that Bible a gift uh, uh, to you today. And you'll need a Bible always in church, but uh, uh, for where we're going to be heading here today. Uh, Just a reminder as well, on Sunday nights, we go through the Bible, Genesis to Revelation, uh, currently studying the book of Acts. And so that happens at 6 o'clock each Sunday evening, and you're invited to that as well. A single verse to start us, Proverbs chapter 10, verse 1. The Proverbs of Solomon: A wise son makes a, a father uh, makes a glad father, but a foolish son is a grief of his mother. Let's pray together. Father, thank you for your word, as we always do, and uh, always with the same um, earnest and genuine gratitude. And all of the things that we see, all of the things that we read, all of the things that we hear, and in a given week, how misguided so much of it is, how much of it is uh, disastrous, not only in the context of eternity, but even in this life. And to be able to turn to Your Word and to have something that's going to outlive the heavens and the earth, that's going to fix our lives on a solid rock that is unshakable in the face of any storms. and, And it's just a blessing to us to be able to live And so we pray, Lord, that you would minister to us and speak to us individually and as a church through your word this morning. It takes a work of your Holy Spirit, and we ask for that work of your Spirit. In Jesus' name, amen. Please be seated. I think that comparatively speaking, our culture and thus we ourselves are Fairly well educated on the tremendous effect uh, that parents have upon their children for good or bad. But I think that the comparatively unexplored subject, which Solomon is going to bring out in the study, in the passages that we look at today, is the tremendous impact that children have upon parents. We've studied earlier in this series, Solomon has already instructed parents uh, in this regard and on how to be a blessing to their children. Here he instructs us as children concerning how to be a blessing to our parents. Now it's important to understand here that while Solomon is, uh, his instruction here is certainly uh, applicable and, and valuable for any age children, uh, the primary focus of the, the Proverbs that we'll be looking at uh, today is not smaller children that are at home. Uh, not uh, uh, little toddlers and not uh, uh, little children, uh, pre-teen and early teen predominantly. Uh, it, but uh, it, is, it is dealing with children who are well on their way toward adulthood might still be living at home, but they are now being given, you are now being, being given a level of freedom and responsibility that the parents typically give someone at that point in their uh, teen years and uh, in order that children might show themselves to be prepared and to prepare for adult life. And so uh, how to live responsibly as an adult. The passages are also written to children who are fully grown and living on our own, whether it's 18 or 19 years old or 20 and we've just left the home, or whether we're 30, 40, 50, 60 years old and we have uh, long ago left uh, the home of our parents and, uh, and uh, uh, for decades been out of, of that situation The passages that we're going to study on this subject, the children are represented as being autonomous. Uh, They have the ability, as we'll see, the independence and the freedom of will that doesn't mark a younger child uh, at home. For instance, uh, the freedom to exhibit uh, our own wisdom or foolishness in life, and Uh, To do that as a lifestyle. A child is typically not allowed to do that within, uh, as a child living in the home, but we certainly have ample freedom to do that once we're out of the home. And so uh, whether that uh, foolishness or, or or wisdom is exhibited in, in the, the foolishness in particular in physically mistreating a father or acting violently tor- uh, toward a mother or chasing away his mother. These are the things that characterize not a, a preteen, but someone is, who is an adult child. The point being that we're going to examine this morning is not wise instruction just for the youngest of children but for all children uh, whatever our age and sometimes when we hear someone talking about uh, parental parent and child relationships something from the bible uh, those of us who don't have any children or those of us who our children are long ago out uh, of uh, of the home or were single uh, our mind will drift and say this has nothing to do with me I'll give my consideration to my shopping list at Costco after the service or what I'm going to do the remainder of the day or do for the remainder uh, of of the week. But this is instruction for every child uh, who has parents and every child has parents. It includes each of us. Now Solomon's instruction to us as children concerning our attitudes and our actions towards our parents is obviously Very greatly needed in our Western culture. Where so often we see uh, in the movies, in uh, television, in music, education, all over the place. The child-parent relationship, the child-family relationship is uh, manifest or portrayed almost completely as one-sided. Uh, Children are in this culture virtually conditioned to believe that they have no responsibility toward the well-being of their parents uh, or the well-being of the family as a whole, Uh, that parents just exist to give, 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 and then give a little bit more. And uh, it is the sole responsibility of the child to take, 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 and take a little bit more. There is no reciprocal side to it uh, as it is modeled for us so often uh, in our culture. To have this view of the family and the responsibility of every member of the family uh, in doing its part for the health of of the family, including the blessing of the parents. Uh, All of that uh, was completely foreign, that neglect in an ancient culture, an agrarian culture, uh, where every member of the family was required to do their part and to to do it in a coordinated way, for there to be food on the table. Uh, Year round you worked as a team, you saw yourself as a team. And so you didn't have uh, kids who were just spoiled and sulking and making life miserable for the rest of the family, because no family could even survive if they raised children like that uh, in in the ancient uh, world, or if the parents allowed such a thing. If I begin to watch a movie, somebody's recommended it as a great movie or whatever, and in which a Family is central to the movie, and one of the children, usually teenage, but not always, is just this spoiled, entitled, bratty, rebellious malcontent. Have I missed anything uh, in in how they're portrayed so often? And where uh, getting them to do anything other than being selfish is like uh, pulling teeth on the part of the parents. I turn it off. I don't care if it wins every academy award. It is not worth, in my mind, enduring uh, seeing this kind of thing nurtured as normative or acceptable uh, uh, in in any environment. And I know children aren't going to be perfect. None of us were, none of us are. But to watch parents try to accommodate that kind of a child rather than to Uh, guide them out of whatever their flawed view of the family is. Uh, And life is that makes them think that this is somehow acceptable. I mean, no movie is worth enduring uh, that. It is also good to realize, as Solomon brings out here, it is an awesome responsibility for anyone to hold the quality of another person's life in our hands. Whether it involves the responsibility of the relationship of the parent toward the child. But, uh, or the responsibility of the child toward the parent. Uh, any parent uh, or, uh, who uh, goes into becoming a parent with the idea that it will merely mean keeping uh, a, a child uh, fed and clothed for 18 years, and then we're able to give them a luggage for their high school graduation uh, a, a gift and scoot them out of the door, and then we can go on about our lives as independently as ever we did before we had uh, children. That kind of a parent is in for a very, very rude awakening it is to find uh, soon find out that, like it or not, the parent-child relationship is not for 18 years. It is lifelong. And that for the rest of our lives, our children will forever have an almost unequaled capacity to bring joy into our life or to be, bring pain and heartache uh, into our lives. A parent's heart as it relates to their children is, it seems to me, uh, one of the most vulnerable and unprotected things in life. Nothing elates a parent more than to know that their child is doing uh, well. Hardly anything burdens or crushes a parent as much as when our children are living uh, foolishly. And I don't care how much a parent uh, may try to do it in order to protect themselves from the heartbreak uh, of such a child, it is virtually impossible to do. And, uh, and certainly, uh, completely. Again, it is an awesome responsibility and an awesome opportunity To hold the quality of another person's life in my hands. Especially uh, in that of our parents. And as a result of that, Solomon now provides us with the instruction. And the perspective that is needed on how to handle that responsibility uh, wisely. I think it's an unfortunate uh, characteristic of our culture. Uh, to fail to educate children of all ages concerning uh, this uh, responsibility and uh, of this kind of influence. But thankfully, uh, God's Word doesn't leave us in the dark on this and doesn't leave us ignorant and immature in this regard. In Proverbs chapter 10, verse 1, as we've read, I want you to notice that we have two kinds of sons or daughters here. Uh, and and uh, a wise son and a foolish son. And so every child has the opportunity to be one or the other. Uh, every child will be uh, one or the other. We will either produce joy in the lives of our parents or we will produce heartbreak uh, in their lives. And as we've discussed, Solomon brings out this immense impact children have upon the life of their parents, upon a child's um, parents' mental well-being and their emotional well-being. I want you to notice the extreme kind of emotional and uh, mental condition of the parents, which are represented here. A wise son makes his parents glad. And the word glad, literally they produce a feeling or an attitude of joy and happiness in their parents. A foolish child is a grief to his parents. Literally, a grief, a heaviness, a sorrow. Again, the reminder that our decisions and the life that we choose to live, it affects the quality of life of others. And that is something that is important for always for us to be reminded of. It doesn't mean that in our adult life we're to give the expectations and the opinions of our parents uh, the highest place in terms of our decision-making and the life that we live. That belongs to God alone. Uh, we have to live our own life before God. Our parents do not have a right to overstep by attempting to live their lives uh, through us. But the key word in this passage uh, is the word foolish. In, in the Bible, fool doesn't communicate that a person is uh, intellectually defective as much as that they are morally Defective. And in other words, the child who produces a, a feeling or an attitude of joy and happiness in their parents, or as a grief to their parents, here hinges upon the moral quality uh, of the child and of the child's uh, decision making. Those who live moral and righteous lives uh, bring joy to their parents, certainly to godly parents. And those who live uh, immoral or sin-filled lives are a constant heartbreak to their parents, certainly to godly parents, and a great uh, source, a constant source of grief and heaviness of heart. Also, to examine our lives this morning in this regard. I remember when I was younger, a younger man, our culture used to talk about uh, victimless crimes, and the need to legalize uh, what they called victimless uh, crimes. Uh, now nobody talks about victimless crimes because we've legalized all of them, and, uh, and, 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 or they go unprosecuted. But here we learn that there is no such thing as victimless crimes. And Solomon reminds us that parents are the constant victim Uh, Of their children who choose to live lives that are immoral or lives that are uh, wicked or unrighteous. Solomon reminds us that contrary to the drumbeat of our culture that a child is not wise or foolish based upon what the child thinks of ourselves but rather on the positive or the negative influence that we have upon our parents uh, in this regard. Now, allow me to reinforce this in our next proverb. If you turn to Proverbs chapter 28, uh, verse 7, and we'll read that proverb uh, uh, as we look at this subject this morning. Proverbs 28 verse 7 whoever keeps the law is a discerning son but a companion of gluttons shames his father so here the wise child is defined for us as one who keeps the law that is keeps God's commandments and being a child who is a blessing to their parents and certainly to godly parents It is not a complicated thing. Uh, It doesn't require us to juggle uh, 20 proverbs in our mind or juggle a hundred different thoughts in our minds to try and concentrate on them. It is simply the byproduct of obeying God's word. Excuse me, or obeying his uh, commandments. And as I keep my relationship with God healthy. Uh, the other thing, uh, in terms of the blessing for our parents, uh, all of that, uh, our lives being that, takes care of itself. There is no one thing that can bless the heart of a godly uh, parent I mean, to really cause their, uh, 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 our parents' hearts to soar as knowing that uh, their child is walking obediently Uh, with God. Everything else pales by comparison. And and, and in this regard, Solomon, as a father himself, and he's representing godly parents in in his Proverbs here, he declares that the greatest joy of a parent uh, concerning their children is not how much money they make, uh, it's not the positions or the titles that they achieve or uh, come to uh, in life or their athletic ability or how intelligent they, uh, that they are. In, uh, but a child can possess all of those things and still break the heart of a godly parent if they're not coupled with a godly life. Solomon also instructs us here in this verse that one of the keys to living a life that blesses our parents is who we make our companions in life. And all parents uh, take careful note of the companions of their children, whether the children are still living at home or whether the children have been out of the household and adults for uh, many, many long Uh, years and parents know that no good can come to their child uh, by keeping company with uh, undisciplined free spending uh, partiers which is what this glutton kind of encapsulates they know that that kind of a life is only going to end in the shame of the child uh, but it has the potential to shame the entire family It has the potential to shame and to ruin the family uh, name and the family reputation. And it's a sobering thing to realize that our lives reflect as strongly as they do upon our parents, uh, whether fairly uh, or whether unfairly, that no parent uh, has the means of escaping the sinful or the evil actions of their children. We are bound together on some level in terms of reputation. And what I do in the life I live uh, has a bearing upon the reputation of the family and my parents. So whenever you have a mass shooting at a school or in a theater and the shooter is identified... Uh, What are almost the immediate questions that everybody asks? Where were the parents? Who are the parents? The child is immediately identified with the family. It goes back to the reputation of the family. And a family's name and a family's reputation can become uh, immortalized forever associated with darkness in a moment. You think about what has happened uh, to the name of Bundy, or the name of Dahmer, or the name of Klebold, and so forth. And it doesn't take something as awful as a mass shooting to do great damage to parents' reputation and to a family's reputation in a state, in a nation, in the world, and then more importantly, even in a city or in a neighborhood. It's real food for thought in choosing uh, our companions in life. And perhaps some of us might want to consider our companions this morning in the light of that and make changes as necessary. If you turn to Proverbs chapter 15... Verse 20. Proverbs chapter 15, verse 20. A wise son makes a father glad, but a foolish man despises his mother. So here we have uh, the same truth now, but with a twist, that it's a foolish child who despises their mother. Mother. The word despises means to treat with contempt or as worthless, to neglect, to undervalue. And it's talking about both her person uh, and her uh, advice. In other words, to break her heart by undervaluing what uh, the, the child, undervaluing what he or she owes to her. The word foolish to describe such a person, it means stupid and arrogant. And so when God calls a a child who treats their mother in this way stupid and arrogant, uh, He he doesn't do it to insult uh, them or us uh, if the shoe fits, but to wake us up to what that kind of treatment of our mother reveals uh, about us. And no matter how we present ourselves in every other relationship and arena in life, if this are, marks my attitude toward my mother, uh, this is, then this is what I am at my core. I am stupid and I am arrogant. And I think that the mother is protected by God here in this uh, particular proverb, uh, most especially because a mother generally has a deep maternal instinct uh, toward her children. She has, more often than not, uh, uh, of the two parents, the deeper feelings for her children, a very deep concern for their welfare, because she is typically... Uh, the one that is invested so deeply into her child's life emotionally, and so because she possesses such a deep concern for their welfare, because she has invested all of these uncountable hours uh, into her child, because she sacrificed so greatly in the raising of that child, changing diapers, sleepless nights, feeding them, teaching them how to talk, uh, being the shoulder that that they can cry on, the hugs, the comfort, the reassurance uh, uh, that so often comes uniquely from uh, the mother. That uh, while typically a father can more readily uh, blow off the contempt of a child, Uh, not to take it so personally, but the ability to kind of compartmentalize it by recognizing that it is supremely a bad reflection on them and then park them in the category of stupid and arrogant and thankless. Uh, In our minds, it is far harder for a mother to do that. Of course, in contrast to all of the This foolishness and arrogance was Jesus' treatment of his own mother, uh, Mary. And there is Jesus hanging upon that cross. And imagine while he's dying on the cross, he turns over the care of his mother uh, to John. He's not merely just tying up some loose ends before his death, burial, a resurrection, and ascension into heaven. It is an expression of his love for her, his respect for her, his concern uh, for her, all the way to the end. In Proverbs chapter 17, verse 21, if you turn there, Proverbs chapter 17, verse 21. "...he who begets a scoffer does so to his own sorrow, and the father of a fool has no joy." And So here we have the heartbreak that a child who is a scoffer brings uh, to his or her parents. The passage refers to the child who is senseless, the child who lives without any uh, sense. That is, the one who has rejected God's instruction in their childhood... Uh, they've rejected the wisdom of God's Word and His ways. And now because they've done that, they're progressively becoming a greater and greater casualty of the wisdom of this world. A greater casualty uh, in, in life. And I think one of the greatest heartbreaks that a godly parent can ever experience is to watch their child become a needless casualty of the world and the flesh, uh, and the devil in life, to watch, uh, be forced to watch them needlessly destroy their lives because they were raised to know better than the life that they're living. And I wonder if there might be one or two of us here this morning that might need to rededicate our lives to the Lord and and, and then bring rejoicing into the hearts of our parents as we return to our relationship with him. Proverbs chapter 17 verse 25. A foolish son is a grief to his father uh, and bitterness to her who bore him. So again, we notice that one's mother uh, is described in relationship to her child as her who bore him and here is the reminder in terms of honoring our father and our mother and specifically our mother that if a child has no other reason to honor uh, his or her mother then but just to remember that she is the only person on the face of the earth who conceived us, bore us in her womb for nine months, uh, brought us into the world uh, through birth, and gave us life. And that is no small thing under any circumstances. Without her, there would be no us. Without her, there would be no you or me. And that's a reason for honoring her. Proverbs chapter 19, verse 13, Nineteen thirteen. a foolish son is the ruin of his father, and the contentions of a wife are a continual dripping. And so this is speaking about the fact that a foolish child is an inescapable source of pain and sorrow uh, for his, his uh, father. So the foolish child is one uh, is also defined as one whose foolishness, here, threatens to bring the family into financial ruin. And, and so, as the parents are forced to bail, bail their child out from all manner of the consequences of, of their, their sin and their foolish decisions, or the child who lives off of parents uh, long beyond when they ought to be uh, productive, independent individuals and self supporting, an asset to the family long before uh, that. And they can easily become the ruin, the financial ruin of a family. In Proverbs chapter 19, verse 26, he who mistreats his father and chases away his mother is a son who uh, causes shame and brings reproach. And so here you have uh, an absolute condemnation of any child who physically abuses a parent uh, or threatens them in any way after all that the parent uh, has done for them. And this is always despicable, of course, but especially as our parents age. And they become more vulnerable to us physically, more vulnerable to us uh, mentally uh, as a result of age. And the child who then uses their greater physical strength and their greater mental sharpness to take uh, advantage of their parents or to abuse them. And so what our parents did... In our lives, when they possessed uh, greater mental faculties or maturity than we had, or greater physical strength than we had, that reflects upon them. But what we do as children, when that role reverses now, becomes a reflection uh, on us. Proverbs chapter 20, verse 20. If you turn there. Whoever curses his father and his or his mother, his lamp will be put out in deep darkness. And this would include the condemnation of children uh, privately, uh, certainly uh, much less publicly, but privately putting down. Their parents in slandering their parents behind their back, and and uh, Solomon warns that this displeases God, and he'll he'll put a a stop to that kind of uh, cursing and slander. We see this uh, horrible thing represented in Absalom, the son of King David, one of his sons, and his treatment of David, and how uh, God brought that. Uh, to an end, we live in a culture that uh, where uh, it, it we are it is nurtured in us as children uh, to somehow uh, uh, f- uh, find ourselves to be victims of even the greatest parenting uh, that that occurs uh, in in life, and to somehow uh, find something wrong. Uh, with our parents or to make it an excuse for it uh, in them uh, for our failures. Now, I'm not s- saying at all that there are not parents from Gehenna. Uh, there are, but that's a very small minority uh, of, of parents, and we are uh, to protect the reputation uh, of, of our parents. Nobody grows up in a family. Nobody grows into any kind of a relationship that is deep or meaningful. Except that we come to learn the uh, assets and the liabilities of every single person. What are their strengths and what are their weaknesses? And what has to happen when we have been given the privilege of being able to have that kind of a depth of relationship with with another person is to then take on the responsibility of discreetness and confidentiality about what we learned uh, in in that uh, relationship and to be careful about bringing out the flaws um, in uh, in others in a way that uh, displeases God uh, anyone could do that with any of us at any time in any relationship that we're involved in. Proverbs chapter 23, verse 15. Proverbs 23, verse 15. My son, if your heart is wise, my heart will rejoice. Indeed, I myself, yet my inmost being will rejoice When your lips speak right things. And so uh, here again we see a strong encouragement to the child uh, who lives their life wisely. Uh, Not only, Solomon says, does it bless your life, but it also is a blessing to your parents. And there's nothing wrong with being a blessing to your parents. And it's the mark of a wise child and and we need to hear it. In our culture, rebellion against parents, parental authority, thinking only of ourselves, it's so nurtured, and, and it's so praised. And a wise child is so portrayed as a square, as just this conformist who will never become independent or become their own uh, person. But we can become our own person, and independent on the path of wisdom every bit as much as we can become independent in our own person on the path of rebellion and ungodliness. And to do so on the path of wisdom is to do so without the disastrous consequences. It's the very life that Jesus lived. And he lacked nothing in terms of becoming who he was not only in the fullness of his deity, how could that be touched, but in his humanity by having that attitude toward his parents. Proverbs chapter 23, verse 22. Listen to your father who begot you, and do not despise your mother when she is old. And so here we see the same truth we saw earlier, but now ascribed to our fathers whatever they may or may not have been in our lives, he gave us life with our mothers. He gave us life. And and, uh, Proverbs chapter 23, verse 24. The father of the righteous will greatly rejoice, and he who begets a wise child will delight in him. Let your father and your mother be glad, and let her who bore you rejoice. So again, we have living a righteous and a wise life. It's the greatest gift that a child can give to a parent, and to a godly parent, most of all. More than all of our wealth, all of our gifts that we could give them, all the money that we could give uh, to them, this is the greatest gift that we can give. Proverbs chapter 27, verse 11. My son, be wise and make my heart glad that I may answer him who reproaches me. And again, here we see, and I'm not, I don't have a problem with being repetitive related to this. I won't be much longer, so I don't think... Uh, uh, don't be concerned. But, um, uh, but here again we have this, this reminder of how inextricably... Uh, the, 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 our parents' reputation is tied up in ours uh, for good or for bad. Proverbs chapter 29, verse 3. 29, 3. Whoever loves wisdom makes his father rejoice, but a companion of harlots wastes his wealth. And here you have the heartbreak of the parent who watches their child waste all of their money uh, uh, in, in the indulging in an in, in addiction to some kind of sin, whether it would be drugs, or whether it would be alcohol, or whether it would be gambling, or whether it would be uh, sexual addiction, and so forth, and with it here the the realization that everything is in in the for the child to put ourselves in the shoes of our parents to realize everything that they have sacrificed for in their lives everything that they have worked so hard for uh in their lives their estate their the inheritance that uh, they want to leave us however uh, large or however meager it might be uh, for them to look and say when we die Uh, All of it is going to be completely wasted on this child that we're going to uh, leave it to. And that is a terrible place to put any parent uh, in who's worked all of their lives in order to bless their child materially uh, when they Die. It is one of the joys of a parent to be able to leave, if they're able to, something to their children and to know that they will use it in a responsible way. To deny such a parent uh, that joy and that confidence is to introduce a a concern and a heartbreak um, that we don't want to bring into the hearts of our parents. And so here we have this just invaluable instruction from Solomon on what is this, comparatively speaking, uh, relatively uh, and rarely explored subject of our impact as children upon our parents and how to be a wise child who lives a life that is not only a blessing to us, but is also a blessing uh, to our parents. And it so desperately needs to be said in the culture that we have in our nation, which teaches the exact opposite of all of this. And the consequences are every family is up to their eyeballs and the consequences of all of this. So wonderful to have God speak so clearly and so wisely to this. Again, we can read through a list of things like this and say, you know, He he said a lot of good things and how am I going to keep all of those things clear in my mind? Again, it's very, very simple. Seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness, Jesus said. All these other things will be added unto you. All we need to do is just simply walk with God, grow in our relationship with God, an obedient walk with God. And this then relationship with our parents, uh, in addition to all the other things in our life, it will fall into its proper place. It isn't complicated. The type of child that will be a, ple- a blessing to a parent It is just simply to walk with God All of this is a byproduct or a consequence, wonderful consequence of that. If you're here this morning and you're not yet a Christian, you have never yet trusted in Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of sins, that's how you become a Christian. And that's how you receive the forgiveness of your sins that we sang about earlier uh, this morning. That's how you receive everlasting life. It's found in beginning a relationship with God Almighty Himself By putting my faith in Jesus for the forgiveness of my sins and then I become a part of God's family and he becomes my Heavenly Father and boy what he brings to that relationship and if you've never done that there are going to be pastors and other uh, men and women up in front immediately after the service and they'd love to pray with you to begin that relationship with God if you need prayer for anything that's going on in your life this morning They'd love to pray with you and for you as well. Let's stand together now and we'll close in prayer. Father, thank you for your word once again. And we just claim that uh, promise of the passage that Pastor Mike read to begin the service. We pray that none of it would return void in any of our lives. But that, Lord, all that we've looked at today, all that you have spoken that is priceless and invaluable um, into our lives, that none of us would just dismiss it or look at it as just perfectionism or something like that, but that you would make us into these kinds of sons and daughters, first of all with you in that relationship, and then in our relationship with our earthly fathers and mothers. And we pray, Lord, for this work of your Spirit through your Word, in Jesus' name, amen.